by the stern of the boat. The five men stood by the now-forgotten fishing rigs and gaped at the nightmare apparition emerging out of the water. The gigantic greenish-black head of the thing resembled the plated carapace of some sort of sea bug or isopod merged with a giant squid. If that squid had clusters of tentacles, many ending in an array of chitinous hooks. Osterling had half-turned to Lonigan and managed to say, uh, Captain, I think we should, before one massive tentacle whipped through the air and plucked him out of the boat like a kind of hideous rodeo trick. His scream was lost in the roar of the diesels as the engines came to life, belching smoke out of the exhaust ports. Even as Lonigan rammed the throttles forward, however, the thing latched onto the boat with what seemed like dozens of tentacles. Juarez was instantly crushed against the rail, while the sudden weight at the back of the boat caused the bow to angle up out of the water. Clarkson and Heine tumbled over the stern and into the frothing mess, screaming, while Burke was able to leap to his left and grapple the side rail with both hands. The engines struggled against the tremendous additional weight as the screams were lost in the cacophony of metal and fiberglass groaning and snapping. Tentacles, some thick as a telephone pole, flicked and writhed through the air as the thing yanked the ship even further into its merciless grip. The engine screws must have torn into the thing's flesh as it let out an enraged, buzzing, clicking sound and attacked the boat even more aggressively, ripping off whole pieces of it. Heine managed to haul himself up briefly onto what was now only a partially attached stern rail, and when Clarkson tried to grab onto him for help, the retired teacher kicked him away in a panic. Help me, Clarkson screamed, even as two fat black tentacles wrapped around his torso and squeezed. Blood and gore ruptured out of his mouth, spraying Heine before his body was whisked out of sight. Heine tried to pull himself up further into the boat, instead slashing his right forearm to the bone on a jagged piece of fiberglass where the hull had been fractured. Panicked, and heart hammering with adrenaline, he made a valiant effort regardless, bringing one chubby leg up for traction, until he realized with horror his foot was no longer attached to it. His lips were quivering in fear, as it seemed to finally sink in that none of this was going to end well. Then there was a violent tug at his other leg, and he was screaming as his femur was torn out of the hip socket, enveloping him in a sheet of white agony. His screams were cut short as a thinner tentacle whipped through the air and plunged into his mouth, shredding esophagus and vocal cords as it shot all the way down into his stomach, rupturing it. The last thing he saw before his consciousness winked out was dinner plate-sized eye with its strange W-shaped iris. Then his corpse was being chopped up by the scissoring beak of the thing's mouth. The boat tilted even further up, and Burke swung himself out over the side and jumped into the water, slapping aside a few tentacles in the process, his life vest taking several ragged slices. Lonigan, meanwhile, found himself literally hanging off his swivel chair, his face set in a rictus of terror. He had enough time to consider reaching for the side drawer next to the seat, where he always kept a loaded forty-four magnum. But even as he began to unclench the fingers of his right hand from the chair— he was snatched off 
by two tentacles thick as his legs, one wrapped around his waist, the other his chest, and with an awful rip twisted his body in two, spilling his insides across the sinking deck.' 